Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. This sermon was preached by me, the Reverend Mike Angel, Rector of Holy Communion, on the Feast of Pentecost, May 23rd, 2021. Come, Holy Spirit, set us on fire with love for you. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Pentecost. Some call today the birthday of the church. And if we were clear yet about food rules, and if we had a congregation at 1030, we might be planning a birthday party with a big happy birthday church cake. We've done it in years past. Now, the cakes are controversial, and I don't really want to get into theological fine points today. Frankly, I'm also a little sad that we're not yet ready to have a cake around here. We'll get there. But today might also be thought of as Inauguration Day. Pentecost is the day that the church is inaugurated, the day we come into our own. We hear the story of the Spirit descending like tongues of fire. The disciples are given power to proclaim to every tribe and language and people and nation, Jesus has gone up to heaven. Now is the age of the church. Now is the age of the followers of Jesus. Today inaugurates a new season. I don't want to get into the finer points of theology, but I do want to let you in today into a different kind of insider baseball. A number of my pastor colleagues are asking, what is the point of church? COVID has been a real reset for us. We haven't for 14 months been able to do the job that we were trained to do. We haven't been able to preach and to safely lead a group of people in song from the pews for more than a year for the sake of our neighbor, for the sake of health, we haven't gathered. We've faced crises among our staff colleagues. We've had to manage under more systemic stress than we've ever known. And now, all these months in, facing the difficulty of returning safely, members in a lot of congregations are arguing about whether or not to wear masks in worship. And so I have a number of colleagues who are asking, what is the point? Now, don't worry. I don't have any plans for leaving the ministry. I don't have plans to leave Holy Communion. I said, don't worry. There there may be folks that are disappointed to hear me say that, that wish that I would leave. But let me say clearly, I'm not planning to leave anytime soon. I announced this last week that I'm taking some extended leave this summer, a long vacation. And the truth is, I'm more than a little tired. It's been a long few years, from a capital campaign to a construction project to reimagining church and the pandemic. The work has been hard, and there hasn't been nearly enough time to pause and reflect. Also, and this is on me, but I didn't really take a break when Silas came into our family. I was due some paternity time, but I felt the circumstances didn't really allow I had a predecessor at Holy Communion who announced he was going on sabbatical and then never came back. He took another job. So I wanted to say clearly, that isn't my plan. 
If I'm honest, I don't have any real skills outside the ministry. My parents might have dreamt that I would have gone into a lucrative work like engineering or medicine, but I have two theological degrees and I'm working on a third. I'm all in on church professionally. That's enough about me. I want to spend the balance of this sermon asking, why would you go to church? Why bother? I know this isn't just a question for my colleagues in ministry, for those of us with collars. This is a question that a lot of folk are asking these days, lay folk. After all these months of Sunday mornings being slow, all these months where you didn't have to worry about getting the kids up and dressed, all these mornings when you've been able to sit around leisurely, drink a cup of coffee, read the paper, and maybe maybe sign into the website and hear what the preacher had to say, but you didn't have to put down the paper or the coffee to do it. Why would you come back to church? What is the point? Today, Pentecost, I want to pose two answers to that question. Here are the cliff notes. The first answer is this. I don't think God needs us to worship. But I do think worship is good for our souls. Church is a place where we can touch the source. The second answer to the question is related. We bother with church because we know the world isn't as it should be. And church is a place where we find food and companions for the work of remaking our world. I don't think God needs us to worship. I don't. Listen to the psalm this morning. It has one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. God made the sea and the Leviathan for the sport of it. God doesn't depend on our worship for survival. God is God. God does not need our worship. Rather, our souls are fed by the worship of God. Some of us find spiritual sustenance in the Eucharist. Some of us in the scripture or in preaching. And for some of us, it's in the music. It's singing in harmony. And so none of us are truly content with worship in its current limited form. Trust me, I know. I'm ready to be able to tear off this mask and sing hymns together on one level. On another, I know it's going to take some time. But I noticed something last week, the first week that we had anybody back in the building for worship. We started with our 8 o'clock service to keep things simple. But I noticed something about some of the folks who gathered. It's not empirical data. It's not a double-blind study. But I noticed a large percentage of the people who showed up, they had something in common. A large percentage of them have a spouse, a parent, a sibling, or another loved one interred in our columbarium. The ashes of several dozen of our former members are part of what makes this place holy. For some of us, being in this specific space matters. This space where we once sang and laughed and prayed with people we loved who have died. For some of us, this is a place where we are able to draw nearer to the generations who have gone before. All of these, music, Eucharist, memory, prayer, the gathering of this beloved, diverse, welcoming community, all of it is a way to touch something greater than ourselves. I said in a forum that I recorded yesterday, Pentecost is a celebration of the ephemeral presence of God. 
the Holy Spirit, what our ancestors in the faith sometimes called the Holy Ghost. It's hard to get your arms around. The Spirit is less concrete than the persons we sometimes call Father and the Son. We have more fluid images. Scripture speaks about the Spirit as breath, as wind. The Spirit blows where it will. And today, the Scripture talks about the Spirit as fire. Part of my answer about why to come to church, about why to bother, it's because for many of us, gathering in this way, worshiping in this way, helps us to touch the source, helps us to grasp the ungraspable. Standing together, praying together, reorients. We live in a world of individualism. We live in a world of consumerism. Coming to this space, spending this hour on Sunday morning, reminds us we're part of something bigger. At its best, worship feels a bit like Pentecost. We are set on fire. Which brings me to my second answer. I know I can speak for myself and some of the members of our vestry. I know I can speak for a few of the members of this church when I say, we bother because church is a place where we can start to make a difference in a world that so desperately needs change. I say that, and I can't pretend that this church will ever be perfect. In fact, I've got a colleague who intentionally talks about her church as anti-perfection. This church doesn't do things perfectly. We don't have the most perfect music. I don't mean to offend Mary and Rebecca and the choir writ large. I hope that they would agree. We intentionally make room for perfection among our musicians, our acolytes, our preachers, everybody. Mary has a sign outside the choir room I've long admired. It says this, leave the diva at the door. We want this to be a place where joyful noise is invited, where harmony is worked out. We aren't a church that focuses in on perfect solos or perfect sermons or the beautiful pastoral care brochure. And we are sometimes just making this church thing work. But that's part of our welcome. I'm incredibly proud of this church. During the pandemic, new small groups were born. Our 20s and 30s collective took off again, and folks started reading a book together. Two of our newest members restarted our food garden and brought over 100 pounds of greens to our food-insecure neighbors at the Trinity Food Ministries. Our video production team, a number of them are here today, they've remade the system three different times to do online work. They're in the midst of it again. Our choir learned to sing into their phone cameras, which is an incredibly difficult and vulnerable thing to do. And our director of music learned to stitch them together into a virtual choir. Lay Eucharistic visitors became phone callers, checking in on those who were shut in. We had volunteers who helped some of our older members navigate the vaccine appointment system back when vaccines were harder to get. The list goes on and on and on. This is a church. It's a place where there is room for you to get involved, you imperfect you. There's room for you to come and to make a difference.
There's room to have conversations about how to combat racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ageism, ableism, partisanship. There's room to disagree. There's room to get something wrong and to ask for forgiveness. Why bother for ch with church? Because you can belong here. In a world that too often asks for imperf impossible perfection, in a world that so easily divides us into camps, this is a place that expects humanity to show up in all of its fractured beauty. On Pentecost Day, the Spirit came down and lit a group of followers on fire. They went out from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. God knows they didn't always get it right. A lot of the reason why many of us choose this particular church is because so many of the churches out there have been such awful and dehumanizing places. This church, at its best, might feel a safer place to work out some of that trauma. I can't promise we will always get everything exactly right. I can't promise there won't be triggers. I can't promise that sometimes feelings won't be hurt here. We are a human institution full of imperfect humans. But this Pentecost, I want to say, I think it matters that we continue to bother with this church. I think it matters, and I will work to make sure that this community continues to welcome a diverse body of folks into Jesus' movement. I hope you will continue to join in the work so that Holy Communion can be a place where occasionally folks get set on fire and go out ready to make a needed difference in our world. Amen.